Hey, everybody. I'm Cameron. I'm Zach. I know everything. I'm learning a little bit more. And, and this, this is, is the Watching, Watching You Watch podcast. podcast. Oh, boy. Yeah, so... <laughs> A little, a little background here before we jump into your regularly scheduled Game of Thrones watching you watch episode. Oh boy! Um, so way back when we did season two, like the ending of that was so epic, it was so cool. We we got mm-hmm. to see the the Battle of King's Landing, and mm. like Zach literally just could not stop himself, and yes. so like we needed to uh watch more and so i i agreed i said this is a great idea and so we recorded the we recorded the first two episodes we did them all at once yeah we did that in one sitting my gosh i don't Uh, remember yeah uh uh, we did that of of so we did we we watched the first two episodes of season three and did our podcast of them immediately after and um Long story short, we got busy with other stuff and like dropped this for a while. Yeah. So you know, to you guys when you when you listen to this, like there's it'll be like, you know, like not like much time will have elapsed between, you know, two and three. Because but for us, like yeah. it's been like it's been like months. <laughs> time is weird in the podcast scape. It is a little a little weird, but wibbly wobbly uh, as it were. Uh, sure. And was that a Doctor Who reference? I, I don't think it matters right now. Okay. Uh, anyway. <laughs> sorry, I just... On brand, on brand. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, so... We're getting back into the zone. We're getting back into the zone, and more importantly, we're getting back into Westeros. Oh, my lands. Yeah. Uh, so, we just finished watching uh, episode three of... Uh, season three of Game of Thrones. Nice. And, um, man, like... It's so crazy coming back to it, it after not like, watching this it for is an a while. Inter- like, yeah, because season three just takes off and does everything. Because before it's like, okay, let's have like maybe five, six characters episodes. Like, nope, let's check in on everybody. Right. This to me was like one of those like tentpole episodes where it's like, let's check up on everybody. And like in that way, it was almost a great episode to come back to because there wasn't a whole lot of like overall plot movement. Yeah, but, but like, it's like, oh, yeah, I remember them. It's like, okay, now I remember where everyone's at, you know? Yeah. So uh, on that note, Zach, uh, oh, boy. would you mind just recapping a little bit of your, oh, your highlights geez. from this episode? Like, I'm glad we changed the highlights rather than everything because yeah. it was a disconjointed mess. <laughs> my, my dumb takeaway is that Sam realizes that he can't be a father. <laughs> he runs away from baby commitment. <laughs> Or does he? Or yeah, exactly. We, we or does really he? Is know. the big wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It's almost like he like see he sees the boy child, and, and she like, looks at him. And she's like, "Help!" And he's like, "Okay, oh, bye." Oh wait, I have to find my boyfriend. <laughs> I mean, so, my boys in the watch. My boys of the watch guard. <laughs> yes, are back. All right. Anyways, oh dear. Um, what else is exciting? Um. Oh yeah, the best meeting of all the people in King's Landing happened, which wherein the first minute and a half literally was no word spoken, but everyone was just as salty with each other. Yep. Um, yeah, and Tyrion's been made um the master of coin. Um, and Podrick is maybe a sex god? <laughs> or he just like listens to all of the, the working ladies' problems and they love him for it. I don't yeah. know. I have many mixed and 
and theories I, I'm, on this. I'm, I'm more inclined to believe the first one, honestly, but <laughs> the second one is also equally plausible. And then we've also discussed the fact that maybe just that he was like a normal person that wanted to have normal sex rather than weird, tie yourself in not sex. Like, oh, thank God, I can finally let my back stretch. Yeah, the, yeah, the uh, contortionist lady. I, you, you could not pay me to do her job. I, you could not. We'll talk about a price later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and it got weird. And right on through okay. to other weird things where Theon always got his, almost got his comeuppance, and then weird random peasant guys are like, you're not in your home, and Theon's like, I almost got raped. And he's like, cool, I killed like four guys for you. Let's go. Yep. Um, Interesting Jamie developments. He actually sort of cared about Brienne for a hot second in his like conniving king's landing sort of way and lost at hand that's pretty cool i'm down with that and the funny thing about that is i don't really know how how like shackles work after that yeah <laughs> i'm not sure if that was the best thought through plan right <laughs> they should have just taken an eye they don't seem to be the brightest of a folk and yet they do because everyone else falls prey to it because i was saying he was like oh he's gonna murder them all they're all gonna get murdered they said about a knife for the partridge yep he's gonna get murdered oh wait they use a knife to chop his arm off best bandit award gold star <laughs> no seriously whoever he is he gets the best bandit award i mean you you're just appreciating that jamie's got some comeuppance here yeah you know After and, all, and it's funny because he really pulled. does he really does like cut right through it like with this very short interaction with him where he hides behind his father and is like fixated on his father and has all these these daddy issues he's like well you could have resolved them earlier or you you're gonna lose a hand so that is the takeaway message viewers either get a hold of your daddy issues or you're gonna lose your probably dominant hand right well let's let's jump back into kind of recapping and unpacking the episode a little bit there's still so much yeah daenerys buys armies with dragons and we're gonna she's gonna gonna murder the frick out of somebody we're gonna get there okay oh she is we're gonna get there she had the murder face she has a set murder face (laughs) but while we're talking about war and murder uh i Mm -hmm. we we start we start this episode with seeing camps camp Camp Rob, basically yeah, the Camp Stark. Um, so they go to and we see a lot of what's going on with like River Run, and there's a funeral for Catelyn's dad, and um, we see a com- some of the internal politics of of Rob's war camp a little <sighs> there's bit. There's only one competent person per each location in the entire world, <laughs> apparently. Um, so just from all that that you saw, like, what is your sense of Rob's war effort right now? Like, how's it going? Like. He is a good leader, and it's funny because now you see this compared to other people who do stupid things, like his cousin who's like, we had to take this position, and he's like, if you had brought them into our territory, we could have murdered them. I got the stone mill. You lost 208 men. And he's like, did you done goof? He's like, yeah, I done goofed. Yeah, right. And but and, and meanwhile, his uncle, who's the competent one, snickers in the background like, what yeah. an idiot. And yet, you know, we also have the interesting development with them capturing, like, the Lannisters. But then they're all like, oh, look, like, we captured these Lannisters. And, and it's like, they are like, you know, the, like, what, great-grandsons of some Tywin's brother or something yeah, like that? So it's like, so it's like yeah, okay, not terribly important in the grand scheme of things. So you're not going to bargain them for, like, Sansa. Right. And well, they still think it's Sansa, well, Sansa and Arya, and Arya but, but they you know, little do they know that nothing is as it seems. Right. 
Right. But overall, would you say his his war effort's going well, not so well? The thing so with well? it is, is he's doing okay, but I really do think there is a lot of truth in what people are saying, and a lot of people sort of understand, wherein the amount of gold and sheer manpower makes it not great. Like, while Jamie is an a-hole, he made an excellent point when he said, it's like, you know, whose side do you want to be on? The side that, like, dies admirably fighting for a losing cause or the other way around. It's hard to tell because, once again, we haven't gotten any more true war facts, but I feel it's very even. But if the fight gets drawn up for a long amount of time, it probably will go in the Lannisters' favor unless things fall through with their, like, bank. Which honestly could right. win it for the Starks. Which is which, which is, is a funny because uh, Tyrion is once again somehow in right. control of these pivotal things. We're because, introduced yeah. to this problem in this episode where he's Tyrion somehow, becomes master of coin. Yeah, he's like a plot hinge. It's like right, and then at the same time we find out like the only way like the crown's been paying for everything that they've been paying for is by borrowing from yeah. the Lannisters. <laughs> so it's just like. Okay, well, like free money, basically. Yeah, and at this free point. money doesn't exist. And free doesn't money doesn't destroy exist. the economy. Thanks, Lannisters. Yeah. So thanks. I mean, like it's like an interesting like side bit of this, but they basically are running like the Westerosi Ponzi scheme. Uh, well, exactly. So like we're Lannisters, we can make good on this. And like okay, like they're doing like the whole like the print, the print the money, money, you know, yeah. the Federal Reserve thing. Except I guess Which you is, would call it the Westerosi Reserve. Yeah, I mean like what the heck? Gold. To, yeah, yeah. Like what do they do? They just <laughs> I, put around the copper know. coins. I don't know what they do to make like their currency better. I don't know. Yeah. I but mean, that's, that's a definitely thing that happened with paper currency. That's true. You see that in and our yet history. somehow they're doing that in their world because I guess. they're ridiculous and i hate them right um uh, well let's let's move on a bit here i, I want to focus a little more on our start camp a little bit but shift gears to aria uh aria is traveling with the oh, with yeah. the brotherhood without the, banners now the, oh yeah um but the we, men in tights yeah the men in tights dear gosh okay anyway um but we do get a a not Aww. tearful but totally Aww. resolute goodbye hot pie, with hot he, pie he buys he like fulfills the the honor of his name and makes the most delicious sweets he makes a a wolf treat for aria to feast upon and yeah. gain power i love how like aria looks at it and she's like what is what this is it? and it's not until gendry is like it's a wolf and then she's like oh yeah i guess it is like yeah it, and you know what did he ever find out she was a girl? I don't think he ever did. I think he did, but he he still called her uh, yeah, her, Ari, her yeah, boy exactly, name. Yeah, exactly, her boy name. So, you know, I honestly don't think he ever figured it out. He's just a little dense, I think, and more ways than one. Yeah. Mike, <laughs> 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 uh, my, my question, though, is, so we leave Hot Pie at this inn, baking bread. He's going to die off screen. Well... Okay, let's think optimistically. Like, what what in your headcanon is Hot Pie doing now? Um, he's basically going to be the star of his own food anime. <laughs> oh my gosh. And people's armor is going to suddenly start coming off as they eat his orgasmically good food. I regret asking this question already. <laughs> you you should. Um, no. Um, I honestly just think, like, the reason they really honestly bow out of it, because Hot Pie is such a normal, like, actual, like, good standard of what a common person is, that that's what he's going to do. He's probably just going to, like, find some girl, or he's just going to, like, eventually 
like grow up and run the inn and just live this relatively normal life unless the dothraki raise it yeah yeah and he'll always remember that moment that he met like the i imagine on person yes on his deathbed he's like oh my god i I traveled with Arya stark of winterfell yeah and then i was like you're crazy grandpa you're you're crazy grandpa (laughs) pie pie (laughs) grandpa pie pie (laughs) yeah oh dear yeah that's that is exactly how that'll go down that's great that gives me a little bit of hope or he just like dies terribly off screen because like i don't even want you to tell me the part of the world where he got left in because as soon as i hear something like warlike happens there i know he's dead like (laughs) it's just guaranteed (laughs) and yet we'll always have the the wolf the the wolf bread Bread. yeah yeah (laughs) It's it's so it's such a sweet moment and I love how like there's like there's no tearful goodbye there's not there's no like hugging there's just like a understanding between all of them they're probably not gonna see each other again no matter what but happens it's just the way it's gonna be and they all part ways like it's yeah. really it's a really sweet moment yeah. for an arc for Arya at least it's been kind of you know dark up to this yeah because she has not left like anyone I mean on good she terms so she far. her dad died she traveled with a bunch of criminals and then ended up in like murder castle yeah for a while yeah with tywin and escaped from that only to end up with the weird slightly sinister like the a lot darker robin hoods yeah so everyone's destroying the town we want to keep some level of order but we are definitely not good people right but hot pie was always like the glimmer of happiness and all of that so just due to his sheer idiocy and right i guess i guess it's more naivety than idiocy but also that right well okay let's let's shift gears back to uh, another another stark i guess but we're gonna move north of the wall to john <gasps> snow oh boy who is traveling with um the wildlings up there and a lot of weird stuff's going on yeah up there. The, they're warging out um they're they're like scouting things like oh look at all these dead crows and they get there and it's just like this freaking crop circle of horses and right like, where are they and it's like they were here and it's like well people are turning into white walkers a lot quicker than is good do you have any like theories as to like the significance of the horse head spiral that we find there um i don't know i don't want to say magic circle because it doesn't seem as if it needs that for someone to be white walker but it's just not good because i don't know okay i'm still really having a hard time like justifying it's like big old creepy prune waste walker man is like hey attack the wall and they're like oh my god the wall and then all of a sudden we're in like deep north territory and like no one even like bothers to say about why there are so many white walkers attacking the wall (laughs) So I'm sorry. Who are you talking about? The I don't know. Like the head, like the sort of oh, king the walker. leader. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Okay, I'm following you now. Yeah. So like, th- I feel as if that was very much a TV thing where it's like, oh my gosh, see what happens next season, and then just sort of like, yeah, they're sort of like prowling around. Yeah, I, I I would agree with that because like that was like especially for me not reading the books. That was a big deal for me. It was like they have to resolve it. It's like Sam got away because he's unassuming. It's like that makes sense, but what about the wall? Right. And like they kind of describe it in like really like half sort of ways where they're like so the white walkers found the crows and a bunch of them died like they say that and yet like and like yeah. you, you see like the effects of that afterwards like you see like that their band of crow people is like down to about a dozen rather than like right a and they're all big, like bloody like, 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 yeah exactly and like they're all they're all just looking for a break which brings them back to craster's keep and we oh, all know nope, what happens thanks. there so incest summer camp yeah no. we go back to incest summer camp but only a few weeks later so it's just like 
Ugh. Okay. It's like, wow, that's it. It reminds me of the stinking scouts from like Attack on Titan. The crows go out behind the wall. Nearly all of them die. Some of them come back. It's like, all right, bring us more like people who would be on death row. <laughs> I mean, yeah, basically, basically. It's it, man. That is just like really, really somber and like sad. <laughs> right. Um. So and it makes me respect the wildlings a lot more. True, because they've been living up there. Yeah, because they live in that, and I mean, I guess to a certain extent that obviously makes you withstand it more. But still, it's not like the crows are complete pushovers either. Right. Um. So, uh, I want to talk to about uh, Daenerys this episode. Yes. Um. Daenerys has Please. a really neat arc where she she comes into this pl- to this. To the city oh, to buy a slave capital. army. Can we just talk about how effed up Essos is? Yeah, like the whole place is just all it's kind like, of... It's like greed, money, merchant city, slave city, Dothraki land of like yeah. pillaging barbarians. And I believe, I think the, I I can't remember the exact name of the city we're in at this point. I think it's Yunkai. Maybe it's Yunkai. Uh, uh, I, think, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's Yunkai. I could be wrong about that. But anyway, we're like we're here, and she's bartering for a slave army. The guy that she's trying to buy, uh, like an army from, is like mm-hmm. a complete jerkwad. Oh and yeah, then, the whole translation thing. Right. So there's that going on, and then she gets rescued by um, Barristan Selmy, who was ejected from King's Landing way oh. back at the end of season oh, one. Don't, oh, don't bring up. Don't dredge up old freaking creep girl wounds. <laughs> right. Like the and there's that creepy little girl that and the scorpion oh, thing. Oh my gosh. Right. I didn't I could have forgot about that in our time off. Right. But already when when Barristan Selmy shows up, like we see like a kind of divide already between like thought processes of her oh, two advisors yeah. between Jorah, Jorah and, and Barristan. Well, Oh, oh, oh my God! Yeah, he's barista. Yeah, okay. sir, sir barista. Remember from way back when? <laughs> yeah, it's just weird. Yeah, because I knew he was Lannister, but names are not my right. strong point. But it's almost like he's like, I've always been true to your father, basically. When he shows and up, and it's there. true, yeah, and that's what he talks about. And it's, and I really, oh gosh, I really do like them both together as her right. advisors. And I also love how she's like, if you ever question me in front when I'm like talking business with people again, you won't be my advisors anymore. And there's a very ominous tone to that. Yeah, and I love how she's like this, like you know. Five foot nothing blonde girl just standing there with them. And everyone's like, You don't have parking chips. I'm like, wait. Yeah, like she just talks with such authority and like does it doesn't matter if it looks like she can back it up or not. Like she Yeah, and it's like, funny you know, for like the amount that the like she had total selling your ship and everything she had, she'd get like maybe a hundred and thirty people total and like maybe ten to twenty more because the guy was objectifying her. Right. Which is awful. Yeah, it is. So one thing that I found really interesting from from this interaction, though, is that they kind of are bringing up the the ethics of like war and like Daenerys is deeply disturbed by the fact that the guy that was like being crucified there in the street it was like you know a slave and he like he asked for never live for anything and the only right. thing that even when she offered him like and, kindness and water was like let me die and he was basically an innocent in all this because he was a slave and then so basically she like. She says, like, I don't want innocents to die, basically, because of mm-hmm. my war. And Jorah's like, well, if you're going to accomplish that, then, like, 
you you're gonna need the unsullied because the unsullied are they don't they don't rape pillage burn they do what you tell them to and that's and that's 100% it. it and that's what you need and then Barris and Selmy's like uh no you need people that believe in you because like there's no way you're gonna win over the people and like come in there and sustain a war effort unless the like the people following you believe you as a leader and like there are some serious ethical questions you got to ask yourself about buying a slave army exactly and they kind of bicker over this a little bit you know while they're debating this all ultimately Daenerys makes the decision that she makes but which advisor do you find that you would more side with just based upon like the oh, reasoning okay. that they Jeez, at first I thought you were going to ask like who do you feel she was taking her advice more from oh yeah, which, boy I, not that because she just I mean she clearly goes off and does her own thing but like I don't know and what's and you know what's interesting this is another one of those mirror images things because Jorah is talking like Lannister logic and Barista is talking Stark logic a little bit yeah it's another one of those really interesting catch 22s where it's like which one will actually win but honestly I feel for Daenerys and what she's trying to build up oh my god that's so hard because she wants to not and it's interesting because she's Dothraki so like she's to a certain extent cool with the sort of pillaging and plundering and yet she chooses the unsullied which is sort of the i don't want to cause all this collateral damage choice right because she's also experienced i mean to some degree what it's like to be slave traded too uh yeah so like so it's very interesting to see where that goes oh my gosh i don't i never would want to be in this kind of situation (laughs) (laughs) so you don't really want to pick a side between either but that's almost even worse i i kind of said what daenerys did because regardless of what you do with the unsullied you save them from the terribleness and honestly if she treats them the way she treats the rest of her people they could grow to be devoted to her right like more than just a you're my master i'm the slave thing because she's not going to treat them like garbage and yet like like she's buying them because like they've because of been a war. yeah and, and, and like, they're, they're trained con- for they're that con- they're not just trained like they're conditioned like they're castrated and like they're like stripped oh, yeah. of like all like personality well, oh like, yeah and also she's getting the ones that aren't necessarily trained which yeah. she says she will use so once again i don't know like it seems really brutal what it would take to get them to be like to where they are oh yeah and like by buying them she's kind of endorsing that in well, a way i mean obviously she is so i find but, that whole like it's a really interesting moral dilemma for daenerys because she kind you can tell she wants to do the right thing but she's also got like a very clear goal of where she wants yes, to be yes so definitely it's it's a really interesting conundrum for her and ultimately she decides to do what she wants to do which we have to talk about this too she is bartering one of her dragons for eight thousand men, huge. Nope, she had murder face. It's it's gonna be. Oh, you want one of my dragons? Here he freaking is, and, and then she's just gonna take what she wants through fire and some latent Dothraki <laughs> tendencies. <laughs> the stuff that would make Drogo proud. It's like she, in her head, she's gonna be like Drogo would have liked this, and I like this. Nope, repress that. <laughs> <laughs> repress that. We have to be a good queen. That's Don't funny. let the crazy in my father come out. <laughs> yeah she might have some of her father's crazy and viserys is crazy well no he was just a jerk one. yeah that's true <laughs> that was different it was um okay uh well there's a lot to talk about in this episode but one of the main themes of this episode is is people 
moving to different places. Yes, there was um, a lot of travel. We've got um, John and the and the and the uh, wildlings now assigned with a mission to go over the wall. Um, mm-hmm. We have Melisandre saying to Stannis, oh, "I've yeah, got a special mission that I need to go do for myself." She leaves. Mm-hmm. Arya is leaving with the uh, Brotherhood without banners. Yeah, which is um, su- yeah. Daenerys is presumably leaving with her army. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> In one ship. Let's yeah. see how that turns Baelish, out. Baelish, Baelish is oh, leaving to go get married to oh, uh, Lysa Arryn. Yeah. And I, I mean, I guess in one way you could think of like movement with uh, Jamie and Brienne being now moved as prisoners. Well, yeah, yeah, because now they move as prisoners. Plus, they're moving in a way that's completely away from where they're supposed to be, and also Tyrion's change of position. Right. Um. So, considering Gosh. that, which which person are you most interested? Who do you think is gonna have like the best gig? Where they're headed? Like who who's whose movement are you most interested in? Hmm. The stuff in the north is all the same. Ah, that one's definitely out. Daenerys is interesting, but I don't know if I would be most interested in her. Theon's a piece of garbage. Um, <laughs> hmm. I'm actually a little bit more interested to see what Arya is going to do because okay. she's coming across some in- some interesting things because she's someone who very much doesn't compromise and being with this group of like weird justice bandage vigilantes gonna pose some quandaries to her i'm also wondering if she's going to see more combat which is kind of right. scary um or she's gonna straight up murder um the hound oh yeah there's that or yeah just that whole thing like their whole thing like the thing between the hound and the starks is just interesting to me all the time <laughs> <laughs> So, so we're we're most interested to see where Arya is going. I uh, kind of like that group is interesting. Uh, besides the obvious, like Brienne and Jamie, because that's just real. That was off the rails from the get go. Because like you know, Catelyn completely just like was like do jump this the thing. gun. Like do that's it. yeah, yeah, one hundred percent not what we should be doing, and not on any grounds a good idea. Which is so like close and to now you got this like weird kind of like odd couple thing going on between brienne and jamie as they yeah. are now you know being there they were traveling they had that going on before they were traveling when as they're traveling yes. and now like they it's, have that interesting conversation where like jamie is like, like do you know what we are worth as ransoms yeah but which then, is which look, is interesting and that's what interests me the most about the bandit because he stopped for her and yet he chopped jamie's hand off when <laughs> I could set you up for life because of my dad, and I don't know, like, what triggered him more. Uh, but even before that, there was that whole dialogue between uh, Brienne and Jamie, where mm-hmm. um, he's saying, like, uh, so they're going to rape you, and you should probably just lie back and take it because you're not going to survive it any other way. Oh my gosh. And, like, she's like, no, like, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to fight. <laughs> she does. So... Like, I find that whole interaction with him. And then she she goes on to ask him, like, if you were a woman, what would you do? And he's like, if I was a woman, I'd ask him to kill me, honestly. And then... Thank goodness I'm not. And it's like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like... I don't know. I find that whole interaction with them very, really fascinating. Just weird. It's weird. It's not like something typical, like a Stockholm's. They're just right. odd. What do you think is causing Jamie to, like, do what he did? 
in that in that moment where he he kind of, I mean he sticks up for Brienne. He he tells this story about her being the daughter of the Lord of the Sapphire Island and like mm. say and, and as a way to like protect her like dignity, basically her honor. So it's there's just like a bunch of reasons and part of it is cuz Jamie is very much a character that doesn't know what he wants for himself, but I I think there's somewhere some small bit of nougaty moral center in him. But it just gets overshadowed by his upbringing. So I feel as if to a certain extent there was some sort of like wheeling and dealing. It's like this is a better play for our lives. I might be able to get free. I would have Brienne as an ally, which he can obviously tell she is a good warrior. And then there's just the sort of it's like he's not getting his way. I want this person to truly be on my side. I want to be the winner and have her be the loser. <laughs> so you think it's more about like the vanity side of it than anything? I kind of, I don't see it all really truly being out of goodwill. I see it as some sort of like long standing. just this is how he's been grown up and any sense of goodwill he has ends up getting twisted into a this is how I gain mentality, right. which 100% makes sense based on his father. But True. it's just weird because he doesn't execute it as well as people like Tyrion or like, look at other people across the way like yana or like other stuff like that he's not as adept at it he has one card and it didn't work on this guy right so you don't you don't really think of his like intervention here as like real compassion for brienne then no okay honestly i don't i feel as if maybe like there it's weird i don't know exactly to describe it but i feel as if some sense of what most normal humans would experience as compassion is his trigger to find an opportunity to like which is the lannister inside of him which yeah like i feel as if jamie could have been a good person if he hadn't been raised the way he was okay and part of it is because his life was run for him he never really got to run his life right so, and I think that almost every time he's bartered, it's always come back to his family and his standing and what he could do for the person. Right. But, but that's kind of always what like the, the Lannisters do. Like Tyrion and Cersei yeah. do that too. Yeah. But once again, like, he's the well, least adept Like Tyrion's like, like my family and Cersei's like my father and like, you know. And he is also my father, but yeah. he is the least adept at them. Right. Of them, rather. Yeah. Well, interesting stuff, but I would like to move into our weekly wrap-up questions here. We do see a lot of people, a lot of them Starks, so we do get a lot of candidates for uh, Stark of the Week this week. Who's your Stark of the Week? It's a shame I can't pick Blackfish. Um, Yeah, not technically a Stark, even though he's allied with the Starks. I know. Uh, That's... There's no Sansa... Arya doesn't really do anything. Right. Um, so we got Rob, John, Sean Catelyn. doesn't do anything. I honestly think I'm going to give it to Rob because this is where I thought it sort of shined through for his interaction with his cousin that he can truly be, like, war-minded. And okay. that, I don't know, it's weird because before he was having trouble keeping people in line. And now, like, his cousin, you know, like, didn't, like, question him. He... St- like basically got his cousin to admit he was wrong when you can tell he's prideful and definitely somewhat spoiled right i don't know he's gaining like a kingly air and i really yeah even though i don't like some of the choices rob has made i think i would give rob stark of the week right and it's kind of fascinating that you bring that up too at the same time that like the blackfish is just like telling catelyn to be strong for rob during this time of war too 
So it's almost like they have, like, it's all about, like, we need the united front, you know? Yes. It's almost like this is the moment where, like, yeah, Catelyn's going through a rough time with the loss of her dad, but it's like Blackfish is kind of subtly telling her, like, the antics you pulled there with Jamie, like, are not productive anymore. Yes. Like, you've got to be strong. you got to be united You have to Rob. support just Rob. Yeah, or else it's, like, not going to work. Yeah, and it's funny because he really, truly does kind of like bring that up right as she's talking about her kid, and he's like, and he's like, nope, you gotta stop that. It's yep. not helping. Yep. Yep. In a a very kind way, a very right. tactful way. And I feel like it was only someone like Blackbush that could tell her that, because like, yeah, so someone, someone she, she loved with. and trusted. Yes. So it's a real. I found that a really interesting. No, I like that, dynamic. and I like him as a character, and he's probably gonna die. <laughs> And I hate you, Game of Thrones. Moving on. <laughs> uh, each week we award uh, somebody with a crown for how well they played the game this episode. So who is it this episode? Who played the game the best? Um, that if you had to award the crown of the... Podrick. Podrick? For the literal being, game, just for, kidding. For being a sex but god. Seriously, I feel as if he he deserves a, an honorary mention. <laughs> <laughs> if only that he if only he could bang everybody into happiness because if only he could be new Littlefinger, <laughs> better <laughs> better Littlefinger. Oh dear. Um, hmm. Best plan, worst plan. No, no, this no. Is... This this is the crown, not the not plans. Oh, we're not the, plans. Yeah. We're crowned. just just how well they played just how well they played mm. the game. Um. There's a lot of people who are kind of, you know, always. I mean, that people are always gunning for it, and like the, I think that's all the more evident by that scene, that that wordless scene between the small council. Yes. Like they're all, people are always playing the game. So yes. Um. So, like, who who would you say would be the winner this week based upon how well they played? Um. Daenerys, because she really literally made the most forward motion. Okay. She went from an army of nearly nothing to possibly yeah. at least 8,000. Yep. Just a couple of Dothraki to 8,000 unsullied. That's yeah, pretty, I, feel, that's not... I feel as if she made the most, the biggest literal gain. That's true. And also a very good new advisor from what we can tell so far. Correct. Yeah. Which he is important. Just, he just showed up last time and now we actually get to see her interacting with him and it's like... Yeah. You know, and yet like, she doesn't take anything. And you can the thing with this is you can tell she probably knows that he's not being kind, not being a great person, but she doesn't care. And yeah, like she like she weighs the advice of Jorah and Barristan and then does her own thing anyway. Like, yeah. It's pretty pretty good. Yeah. Which is I love, by the way, on the note of her doing her own thing, like Yes. It's totally her idea to pick up that interpreter lady for yes. for herself. Which once again, I think that may have been what kind of like won that for me. Not just the like literal numbers thing, but that. Yeah. So like the fact that she got that she can find trustworthy it. and good people to bring into her right. court because how many other people in the series can actually do that? Right. How I just many? I just love that scene where like she's talking with Missande is is the interpreter's okay. name and I and I love that scene where they're walking away and yes. and Missande says Valamargulis which we all know means all men must die mm-hmm. and then Daenerys is like people. Daenerys is like yes but we are not men and then like Missande has this and like she just has slight this smile very, yeah this is very complex like quick array of emotions right but you can tell at that point like daenerys it's had almost like a, it's almost like a ooh, this gonna be good she's like yes thing. i like this deal better <laughs> this is much better yeah 
<laughs> well, that's cool. Okay, uh, well, you already brought it up a little bit with the best plan, worst plan, so we also do that every week. We talk about who has the best plan moving forward, who has the worst plan moving forward, because Game of Thrones is always about plans. People, people, you know, stating their intentions to go a certain place or do a certain thing. So, yes. and if anything, this episode was, like, all the more about, like, declaring all that. What's so. going to happen next? Not necessarily right. all plans, but like you said, sort of travel and movement of things. Right. So who has the best plan moving forward? Who has the worst plan moving forward? Hmm. I honestly think Jamie wins worst. <laughs> okay. Just because he pulled his card on the exact wrong person, and I don't think he's the kind of person that can recover from that without resorting to violence, which he can't as a prisoner. <laughs> right. So now he's in, like, a really bad place. And now he place. lost his hand. Yeah, and uh, if memory serves, I think he's, like most people, in right-hand dominant, which right. blows for him. Yeah, all yeah. That legendary swordsman stuff is down the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now what's he got going for him? It's so then who has the best plan moving forward? I honestly it's kind of sort of a weird long con, but I think it is honestly and more because it gives a character who doesn't have as much power power again, Tyrion, looking into finances. He's using his garbage position to truly find leverage on people and possibly find ways to actually save right the uh, what will probably end up being a failing organization right i find that that great about Tyrion. like no matter what hand of cards he's dealt he's gonna do his best to help yeah, everybody and, and once again yeah and that's the thing and that's part of the reason why it wins and he does it consistently but i think this is another good one again but what makes it interesting is is he really honestly gets a choice to choose who he sides with right <laughs> like this gives him the flexibility to be like he could screw his dad over right. if he used this to his advantage. I mean, advantage. he's basically been dealt a losing hand. Like, yeah. he looks at the books and then he's just like, well, this sucks. And but it's funny. He even says, like, I'm not good at saving money. And they're like, ha, ha, ha. Take the job, Tyrion. is like, you They're like, holes. we know. That's why we're giving it to you. So you screw up. And then we can say, ha, ha, Tyrion screwed up. Because <laughs> like, it's literally really? their sport. Like, yeah, that's that's something they would do. So. 100%. <laughs> Okay, well, each week we also ask you how hopeful you are on a scale of 1 to 10. I mean, besides the dramatic ending of this episode, there isn't. this isn't like your typical soul-crushing Game of Thrones episode. No, and Theon almost died, so things are going pretty good. <laughs> he almost got raped, though. So you should get like a half point just for that. So. Ah, yes. I don't remember what we even were last time. We've gone way past it's that. It's been such a long time. But the problem with it is, is I feel as if, especially now that the story is going in such a broad swoop, I need to think about this question in terms of Westeros as a whole. Okay. And I'm honestly going to go in the middle because things are getting real bad up north. And also there is now, like, there is now going to be a power player from... The, well, Far East, I suppose, I guess is where they're from. With, with Daenerys? With Daenerys. Yeah. Yeah. Another person joining the war is not great for Westeros. It's okay. It's really not. So, like, you're you're a straight 5 out of 10 hopeful? I'm a straight 5 out of 10 hopeful, and once again, I'm thinking of overall for characters that are likable and just Westeros as a whole, because another person joining the war is bad, because right now, that makes it a world war. True. It actually technically qualifies it as a world war. Yeah. I mean... I guess it kind of is because the um, Pycelles? That would be, wait, are you talking about? No, 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 no. Tyrells? Tyrells have gotten involved. Okay, I guess it already kind of is because there's like seven kingdoms, even though there's supposed to be one. I mean, already in this war, you got the Starks, 
The Lannisters and Tyrells has one side. Greyjoys are sort of there, Greyjoys but not are, really. Well, yeah, but they're, they, I mean, they sacked Winterfell and... But that was, that was a fluke. And they were raiding, like, coastal villages but before that anyway. But they've always been doing... Yeah, it's not like so, war. Well, like, they, they, they took the they took the fact that, like, the Starks were weak to start doing it again, basically. Yeah, exactly. So they, they're officially, I guess, one of them in into it, especially since he declared himself as, like, King of the Iron Islands. Yeah, and there's so, that. So, and then you got Daenerys, and then you got what's going on above the wall, and then you exactly. got... Like so, yeah. It's it's a whole big mess, and you got Stannis. I forgot about Stannis. Yeah, which like, we don't know where that's going, but right. it can't be like, good. Stannis is licking his wounds from his last big yeah, loss, and but, um, like terrifying he's still out there. Like fire priest lady has yeah. got a plan, and if she has Melisandre. a plan, that's gonna go wrong. Every time she's made a plan, things have gone horrifically. I, by the way, I love how ominous that comment is, where he's just like, "Make me another son," and which we know means like, "Make me another demon baby to go kill somebody." And then like she looks at him, and she's like, like "You're not, not strong, strong enough. enough," and I'm like, "Okay, what, is that, that, what does that, that even that's mean? That's it's like, what's going on? Like, did she literally sap his life force via sex to make the demon baby? Like, like yeah, I don't like. There's I don't know. There's a lot about her that is terrifying, and right. he's totally bought into it now. Right, like he's all in, even though he lost the battle. Like he is all in. So yeah, he doesn't want her to go because of possessiveness, but she's able to. The fact that she's actually able to go away from Stannis is actually makes it more terrifying because she broke a man like him. True, well, not necessarily broke, but like, but she owns him. Yeah. Like, it's to the point now where he's still strong, he still, like, owns his own stuff, but if she says otherwise, he may he may contest a little bit, but th- she's gonna get her way. Right. But it's interesting, too, at the same time, like, she still, like, defers to him. Like, she's just like, you're my lord, like, I'm pledged to serve you, and that's weird, all I'm no, doing. It's in a, it's, it's, uh, the more you see it, the more it's in, like, a condescending way. Yeah, I, 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 I can almost. Kind of see that. I don't know. It's just weird. It's just it's an honorific. It's not sincere. Right. It's he's the Lord of Light, but what that actually truly means, only she knows. No one else knows. And he bloats himself up yeah. and puffs himself out for it. By the way, by I, occasion, I, I love her like, like deeply suggestive comment about oh, yeah. like your fires burn low, my king. Yeah, after and, that, and then she just walks off. <laughs> yeah, and he's like. Well, well darn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, dang. Now I got to go eat, eat ice cream and, like, look at the gesture shows. I don't know what they do. I, for yeah, I don't know. Whatever what he do. does for entertainment. I don't know. He brings out his big old table yeah. and starts pretending to there's win wars. There's not Netflix and chill in Westeros. No. So. There's, like, there's <laughs> look like... at sheep on the hill and eat stale bread. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That's a lot better than where my mind was going. So Whoa. We'll, we'll stick with it. Keep it together. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, is a family podcast is it about, Game of Thrones. about Game of Thrones. <laughs> they they didn't die. They just they just went to magical sheepland. They went to vacation. They went on vacation. They went on, why did the sword go through him? It got a, him a reduced rate. It's a teleporter. It's it's magic. That's not blood. That's <laughs> that's stuff. That's the Capri Sun in his pocket. <laughs> Ned Stark's head is on vacation. <laughs> oh my god, that's almost more morbid. That's more morbid than just saying he's dead. This is actually worse. Like, trying to make this better for children makes it worse. They just need to watch it how it is. This is why you shouldn't try it all. That, yeah, maybe, maybe introduce your kids to Game of Thrones 
later? Game of Thrones babies. Oh, babies! Game of Thrones, like like Tiny Toons. You know, like there's oh. Looney Tunes and there's Tiny Toons. Oh my god! So that's Game of Thrones end, babies. That's gonna end up like Happy Tree Friends. Oh dear. Well, you this know? has been the third episode of season three of Game of Thrones, and also the Watching You Watch podcast Game of Thrones edition. Oh yes. I hope you've been enjoying it and enjoying Jack. The gosh, Zach's journey. I cannot talk apparently right now because hmm. I'm so excited about this this <laughs> so you don't have to find more words yes so i hope you've been enjoying zach's journey through all this if you have um any questions for zach that you'd like to send in in the leading fashion oh that God. we do uh make sure to leave a comment either on the youtube video for us or uh, send a comment to us um on twitter or our tumblr useful yeah. npcs is how you can connect with us on all of those places so check us out there mm-hmm. and um we'd love to get your feedback and yes. get you involved in this process too i know we kind of spilled oh, the beans a little bit on how we record this a little bit in yeah. this episode but most so, of the time but well, if you're if you gave feedback we would more than likely feature it oh yeah definitely and i would always be willing to digress and go back to things because i i don't get to just sit down and watch them all at once i have to ruminate on everything and make like head cannons to cope right (laughs) so anyway do that if that's something you want to do and make sure to like and subscribe uh to our youtube channel it always helps us out um if you're watching this on youtube so uh, and, you know, if you're listening to this on YouTube, you can also find the podcast version of this on iTunes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, make sure to do all that, too. Why? So, yeah. Uh, but thanks for watching. Zach, do you have any closing thoughts on this episode? <sighs> things are going to get real swifty coming up here. Sure, because you know what happens when you get an episode with not a lot of movement in it. Oh, yeah. That, that every, this I, I know how this works now. Something pretty major is going to happen with at least two or three characters which is what kind of terrifies me right well we'll have to find out what that is next time oh boy (laughs) it's gonna be good (laughs) catch you next time